Welcome back to Dad Bod History. I'm Eric. We've got Jake. We've got Cameron. Um, please hit like, subscribe, put a comment down below, especially after this episode. We want to hear who your five are. We'll talk about that in a moment. What is happening before we get into our topic tonight? Well, I'd like to tell you something that oh. happened to me today. Um, oh. And so... My mother-in-law sent me a lovely care package um, for my birthday. It came a couple weeks late, which is par for the course with my wife's family and tardiness and punctuality. So um, so anyway, part of the, the birthday gift was a pocket knife. And I'm going to show it here. If you can see it. Got a lovely bear and an American eagle flying over the bear. And a is Trump on the other side? Yeah, he's got his shirt ripped open and a big S on his chest. Yeah, it's awesome. It's totally great. So anyway, I've been carrying it to me for work, you know, just in case I get into a knife fight on the way to work. But um, so today we were taking some stuff on the wall that had been stapled up on the wall. And I'm like, ah, I know what I can do. I can use my knife to pluck the staples out. And so literally the third staple, I go ahead and stab myself in the finger (laughs) with my pocket knife. (laughs) And I did it. And I watched and I'm like... Is it going to bleed? Is it going to bleed? And it just started pouring out. And so I went to the bathroom and uh, tried to take care of it without my wife noticing. Like, because <laughs> so, I did the exact this... thing happened to me when I was like nine years old. So I know. No, yeah, I still have that. Here. I still have that childlike mentality when it comes to I have a boo boo. I need to go take care of it and <laughs> not get in trouble. So I did that, and then I went and fessed up to her later. I'm like, yeah. I already stabbed myself, and she goes, "Are you serious?" Like, Sorry. So, anyway, that was my big story for the day: is that I stabbed myself with my new toy. Awesome. Yeah. Yeah, we guys? had a really good uh, fall break. We're just coming off a of fall break, so the kids had nine consecutive days off, and that was more for mom and dad than it was for the kids. With online learning, it's it's rough. Yeah. So, um. Yeah, in, in Arizona, the, the high temperatures have dipped into the mid-90s, so took the kids swimming, and you would have thought that, you know, it was winter in Wisconsin, how they reacted. So, it, it, it was fun, but yeah. definitely a little, little chilly. Yeah, our kids are the same way. Um, we had a little inflatable pool, and we finally got rid of it last week because the kids were playing in it, and... It was just too cold at 95 degrees for them to to deal with. So, well, I guess we're done with this for the year. So, I took ours down weeks ago. Oh, did you? Yeah, because it finally dipped under 100. I'm like, this thing is... It, ours is in the shade for part of the time because it's, it's an above-ground pool. It's like an 18-foot pool, but um, it's, in the, it's in the shade for about half the day. We did that so we didn't have to put sunscreen on them constantly, but it also keeps it from warming up. So... Just like, yep, we're done. You guys get in. You're done in five minutes. It's not worth it. It's coming down. Yeah. I mean, well, then yours is, it's it's uh, quite large, isn't it? Oh, yeah. It's like, like it's a large above inches ground. tall and 18 yeah. feet wide. It's, it's nice. Wow. Um, it's a pain to put up. It's a pain to take down. But we had it up for like five months. So 
Okay. You no, it's just a big worth. dead spot. Yeah, definitely yards. worth the money. Yeah. So you ready to get into this? I'm so excited right now. Okay. I have sure. been thinking I, about I, this all day long. <laughs> I have not. Oh, do you have something else to say? Uh, but yeah, we went. We went. Uh, what? Not camping. We went cabining this weekend. Right. We rented a cabin at a campsite. Spent oh. a couple of nights there. It's a ton of fun. And what I didn't realize is how long a Saturday can be if you can't or you choose not to turn on the TV. And it's just like there's going to be three meals and we're going to fill the time with something in between. But we don't know what. We went on like four hikes in a day. You know, two after breakfast before lunch, two after lunch before dinner. Um, mm-hmm. It's just kind of a wild then, then we came back today. We were back here by noon today. Um, and it just like, it felt like we were gone for four days. But we were really gone for like less than 48 hours. Um, they want to go back. They want to camp again. It was a ton of fun. It was so That's cool. Beautiful. It was like 70 degrees of a high. Um, but then. Where was it? Uh, it was a place called Santa Margarita, which is... Um, it's not, it's closer to the coast than we are, but it's in this valley, a lot of ranches. Uh, but it, I mean, not it was, it Orange County, Santa Margarita. No, no, this okay. was uh, Slow County. So it was gorgeous. Like we're in this uh, valley. It's kind of very similar to High Desert in Arizona. Um, a lot of cattle, uh, a lot of deer that we saw. So the, the kids had a blast. There was all these animals around all the time. So then... We get home, and a couple weeks ago, my wife's a planner in some respects, mm-hmm. and at the end of September, she's like, we need to get Halloween candy now. I'm like, it's not toilet paper in pandemic world, right? Like, wow. But anyways, we, I'm like, fine. I got two big bags of candy. They sat on the counter for two weeks. I'm staring at them the whole time. Tonight, after dinner, she breaks a bag open. So like, we'll give the kids a treat. I'm like, great. Great. So here we go. I've been staring at these bags every day for two weeks, knowing that if I break the bag, she's going to get them. Now the bag's open. Now the bag's open. Yeah. There's no, there's no rules now. <laughs> Take them to We're, work. Take them to work. They'll be gone in a day. Yeah. Depending on how long this podcast is tonight, they're big bags too. So I'm sorry. Honey. I'm sorry. <laughs> That's okay. You've earned it. What do you got there? Oh, it's a Kit Kat. Okay. Some oh, thank you for opening it up right in front of the microphone. <laughs> That's beautiful. <laughs> All right. Well, while you uh, break off a piece of that Kit Kat, you mind if I get into the what break we're doing tonight? Break off a piece of that. Oh, I can't remember what it is. <laughs> Fancy thief. <laughs> <laughs> Nailed it. <laughs> All right. So we're going we're gonna to do, um, and I don't know what, what we'll call the episode, but for lack of a better term, it's, it's a historical bar fight. Um, and so there's this thing that I've long held firm as a belief of mine. And, uh, and it's a credo, in fact, I would say. Um, and that is everybody's got to have a five. And, and what your five is, is the five people that you would have with you if you ever got into a bar fight. 
So who are the five guys or gals that you could rely on to back you up in a bar fight? And and why would you pick those five? So my five, um, as it so happens, uh, ended up being my groomsmen um, in my wedding. And so that includes, obviously, you, Eric, you, Cameron, um, my buddy, Josh, and then uh, my two friends from high school, Tyler and John. And they all different sets of skills and, and different yeah, reasons. I, I want to clarify something here. I remember very early on when I was told about this five phenomenon uh, yeah. that I wasn't in it for a long time. Yeah. And for good reason. But <laughs> I yeah. think it was given to me as like a groomsman gift. Yes, that was your groomsman gift. I couldn't afford anything material, so that's why you got to be in the five. I, um, I actually had to earn my right to be in the five, but yes, you did. still one of the biggest honors of my what life. Was your, what was day. your feat? So my feat, it was a, a feat of strength, of course. Yes. So I had to bench press my weight. And, you know, <laughs> given that I'm almost seven yeah. feet tall, you know, you can pretty much double the number that I came up with. You know, carry the one. Yeah, no, you know, the transitive property. North of 400 mm-hmm. pounds that I can bench yeah. using using the distributive property. Yeah, and, and when you convert to metric, it's astronomical. So, yeah, yeah. Um, I mean, it's science. But you did it, and that's what matters, is you did it. None of what you said is in math, so... Uh, None of what you just fo- said is in math. Stop, stop focusing on details here. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> so the point is, everybody's, everybody needs a five. And so my five, and it's changed over the years. It's not set in stone. You know, people go up or down within the five. People can fall out of the five or be brought up into the five, you know, depending. Yeah, yeah, you know who you're talking about. Um, so, yeah. So I, and. And that's why you're in my five, because you're just, beautiful just that. that was my feet, yeah. just saying with a falsetto. <laughs> yep. <laughs> so, when we were thinking about the topic for this episode, it just popped in my head. I'm like, well, if I had a historical five, who would be the five people I would want to back me up in a bar fight? And I know you're opening up another candy, I can tell. Stop it. I'm going to tell Amy. <laughs> um, so um, that that's kind of how we got onto this topic. And so the rules for this episode are this is a bar fight. So this isn't how, you know, a certain warrior would do in battle, you know, in an army or, or anything like that or how great of a swordsman they were or archer. This is a bar fight. So who would you want in a bar fight with you? Weapons, the only weapons allowed are those that would be handy at a bar. So bottles, chairs, beer nuts, you know, those sorts of things. Big um, screen TV. The TV. Yeah, if you want to pull that off the wall. Um, they have to be um, real. So you can't have mythological characters. You can't have Hercules or um, Beowulf or something like that. You gotta, They've got to be historically verified. Um they can't be alive, so they, they, they can't be people that are currently living today. Um, and then who you pick from, and, and this is a lot more open. Um, generally, you want to keep it with like world leaders, generals, uh, famous warriors. Uh, Eric, I think you brought up what about like inventors or philosophers. So if if you want <laughs> to have the word 
Warrior poets. Warrior poets. That's what he said. Yeah. I want one um, of those so any... just sitting there staring at everyone saying, none of this matters. Yeah. Um, so if you want to have one of those, that's fine with me. And then you can have kind of a wild card, just any one random historical person that you want to throw in if, if you, if you need to. Um, so that, yeah, that, those are the rules. Um, and with that, who wants to go first? Who wants to, to delve into who their five is, how they built their team? And, I'm going to um, go first because I, I think I totally missed the mark with all this. But I doubt it. I bet you did great. I'm, you know, I think in, in our chatting, you know, I had a lot of questions. You know, can you they bring weapons? No. What, they're at a bar. What if it's a medieval-themed bar and there's halberds and staves on the wall? No. Okay. Yes. So, <laughs> you know, I'm trying to find... Yeah, so to... the setup, what it was the setup was that it's a sports <laughs> bar on Football Sunday, and it's a rivalry game, and things get a little out of hand. So Okay. So, I know Jake had kind of his uh, way of doing it. Cameron had his... Um, mine, I took a, I just, I'm about diversity. I'm about <laughs> inclusiveness. If there's one thing I know about you, it's that you love <laughs> diversity and inclusiveness. So I just said, all right, I'm going to set these up by eras, right? So I have somebody representing the ancient world, the classical world, the medieval world and the mo- and the modern world. And then I have a, I have a fifth person who fits. Um, so I'll just start with the ancient world. Um, I kind of went and I had a few in mind. The one person that came to mind initially, I had to, I had to take, I had to take off the table. Um, not Goliath, not Shamgar, not Samson. I'm going with Ehud. Ehud's going to be yes! five. So Ehud uh, is a biblical judge of ancient Israel, um, and he's the judge who slays the Moabite king. Uh, What's his name? Eglon. Eglon. And so he does it kind of through deception, right? He conceals his sword that he made, right? He made this double-edged sword that's meant for piercing. Uh, and since he's left-handed, he put it on his right thigh. So nobody checked for it, right? Um, security has changed over the years. But he ends up going up to King Eglon and he's like, yeah, I have a message for you from God. And then shoves the sword into Eglon up to the hilt into his stomach. Apparently the king was really fat. So Well, it, the Bible is very clear on that. King Eglon was a very fat man. That's literally the verse. Yeah, yeah. So, so I think what's great about Ehud's story is he's, first of all, he has this sleight of hand. So he gets in because he's going to manage to sneak a weapon into the, the bar. So, sorry, I break, I break one of the rules right off the bat. But then he also says, hey, I've got a message from you, from God. And that's, he shoves that sword all the way up to the hilt. And then he leaves and he sneaks out. So I just think that kind of... And I think he says like, hey, don't disturb the king. He's sleeping yeah, or he's, something he's like that. Yeah, he's going to the bathroom. Yeah. He'll be a while. Um, <laughs> and, and, you know, the guards come in. Anyways, basically he slays King Eglon. And then there's like 80 years of peace after that. So I think Ehud is, is a good fit. Any of the judges, half the judges are great in a bar fight, I think. Um, Shamgar would have been great because he would have picked up whatever's around him and killed 600 people but Ehud gets it just I like the sleight of hand I like the concealed and carry so I like it I like it well I've always liked Ehud he's always been my favorite judge and I love that you're going biblical right out of the gate Well, Old Testament biblical that's good initially I had Goliath 
And I know he's not a fan favorite because he's what I wish the Lakers were in that they lost to, you know, the, the David Miami Heat. But I don't know. I don't really want Goliath on my team. So, anyways, uh, so moving on to the classical world, I really struggled with finding like leaders. I wanted people who really fought. So I came across this guy. Um, very little is known of him. His name is Flamma the Syrian, and he is a gladiator, was a gladiator. Um, so very little is known about him. There's some, um, there's some kind of uh, conjecture that maybe he was a Jewish slave who was sold into gladiatorhood. Um, because he's from the area of Syria, he would have been in the second century AD. Uh, so that would have been kind of around the time of some Jewish revolts. So it's very possible he could have been captured during that time as a young man and brought into the gladiator fold. But here's why I go with Flamma. Um, he only lived 30 years. Uh, he fought 34 fights. He won 21 of them, drew nine of them, and kind of won a repeat, reprieve, which means he lost, but they let him live four times. And then, of course, he's of Syrian extraction. And that's from... I guess the, the tombstone that existed for him at one time. But <clears throat> he was a secutor. So I guess there's different classes of gladiators. It's something I want to look into a little bit more. Secutors uh, carry a heavy shield, sword, a gladius or dagger. And their their specialty is fighting the, the retiarius, which are the, the gladiators that carry the trident and the net, right? Mm -hmm. So there's I guess there's like eight different classes. Um but here's why I like him for one of my five. Um, he was awarded the Rudius, which is a wooden baton that's awarded to gladiators when they've done really, really well. And when you're awarded the Rudius, you're given your retirement and freedom. He was given that four times. And four times he said, no, I want to keep fighting. Hmm. So a guy like that, he comes into a, he's the one who probably starts the fight, honestly. Um mm -hmm. So I want him in there as well, preferably with the shield. You no, know, you, you but... need a guy like that on your team always to just. He likes the contact, likes mixing it up. There's certain mm -hmm. guys that are good at fighting. There's others that enjoy fighting. I, I think yeah. that's kind of a theme in my five. So, so I've got Ehud and Flam of the Syrian. My next one comes from the medieval world, and it comes from Japan. And this is uh, Miyamoto Musashi. And Miyamoto Musashi was a uh, Japanese swordsman, philosopher, strategist, writer, and a ronin, right? Um, he, very much like Ehud, uh, used a double-edged sword. So uh, much like many, uh, like samurai would use a, a, a katana, right? Katana. That's mm -hmm. a single-edged sword. He used a double-edged sword. He fought 61 duels and won them all. And the next best, uh, I forget the guy's name, had 33. So he uh, he lived in like the uh, 16th, 17th century. So, and they also consider him a sword saint in Japan. His first duel was at 13 years old. So the, the person that comes to mind is, if you've seen the movie First Night with Richard Gere, where he is mm -hmm. Lancelot, and Lancelot goes around from village to village just fighting people with like a wooden sword or whatever sword he has, just for money. That's kind of like Miyamoto or Musashi. Um, just kind of travels around challenging people to duels and defeating them. Um, 
he also wrote two books, the Book of Five Rings, and in that he says, so this this is my one philosopher of the group. There are five ways men pass through life as gentlemen, warriors, farmers, artisans, or merchants. And then his other book, which might not help me in a bar fight, is The Path of Aloneness. So he needs to fight in a group, so he might not be the best pick. But there's my medieval pick. I like that one. Now, he won't have a sword, but again, he's a guy who seeks out the challenge. Yeah. So... I didn't maybe you get one of those little cocktail skewers fight with that. Probably as long as it's got two edges yeah. to it. Uh, I, you know, yeah. the thing I, oh, totally. I found is initially I was kind of searching for who are some people with some like tempers, like who would just like go on a rage. And then I realized the people I'm picking are all people who would seek the fight for the challenge, not just end up in it. Mm-hmm. So that's uh, Musashi. And then I have two from the modern world. Okay. My first is Tank Man. Tank Man. You might remember him from such films as Tiananmen Square in 1989 when he stood in front of a column of tanks. <laughs> and I, the guy who's yeah. just walking across the street and sees a tank and puts two and two together knowing that there's a, a protest and decides to stand in front of them, that's who you want. Like, I have no idea what the guy's skills were. There's stories. That I like this because two weeks. Yeah, that's what I'm saying is like, we don't officially know he's dead, but he almost certainly is dead. Yeah. Could have been two <laughs> weeks. So, could have been two months. Yeah. He could still be alive if you listen, if you uh, believe the Chinese <laughs> yeah. stories. And LeBron does. So um, Tank Man could very well still be alive, but I doubt it. But just the okay. attitude. Listen. I know there's skills involved, and I'm sure you two are going to bring a lot of the stats on the skills. This guy's attitude, I want him on my team. Yeah. He's going to go down swinging. No he would, well, no, no he no, wouldn't swing at all. He would just be like, come at me, bro, and then just stand there <laughs> and take it while Eric's ninja guy is sneaking up behind him. Listen, with yeah. a, you with use a that guy as a human shield. If he's yeah, a guy with that the, stands with, there with two bags of groceries in his hands and says, hit me, and you're the guy that hits yeah. him, the whole bar turns on you. So yeah, he's a great. He has that. Although one. what injustice, <laughs> what injustice he's fighting in that bar, I don't know. But he's going to be a heck of a distraction for your gladiator to go grab a fork and start <laughs> swinging that around with his plate. So I, right. I think it's a great plan. I like it. I think your tactics are coming in here. So, <laughs> my last pick, another modern world pick. I did break another rule here. You gotta, you gotta have somebody that can defeat anything, including the coronavirus. Why not Donald Trump? Oh my God! No, not him, not him. <laughs> I just wanted the reaction. He's <laughs> well. Who knows? <laughs> you I made mean, the rule that they had to be dead. Yeah, and I know, apparently I know. he's invincible. So and yeah, he's mythological. So... <laughs> yeah. Yeah, and he brings his immune system, which is apparently its own weapon. So yeah, he does. He's that's unfair. It's Uh, not fair. No, you can't have the last son of Krypton in a bar fight. (laughs) (laughs) So I'm I'm pulling him off. Okay, I've got Teddy. How could you turn down Teddy? Mm. Teddy, Teddy's in there. Rough. I knew somebody was going to pick Teddy. I had to. Yeah, the mustache alone is. Gives you so much street cred in a fight. Nobody's going to mess with a mustache like that. Yeah. You know? 
Well, and the great thing about Teddy, and we've talked about this when we refaced the currency, is during a campaign speech in Milwaukee, he was shot in the chest. Yeah. And yeah. he continued to give the speech for 90 minutes thereafter. So I assume this bar So that's is exactly in the kind of guy you want. Oh, yeah, definitely. <laughs> this is a Milwaukee yeah. bar. So he's, listen, Milwaukee can't touch him. Yeah, no, he, he's, yeah, New York, that's a good point. I love it. Teddy's a great one to have. So there you go. Ehud, Flamma, Musashi, Tankman, and Teddy. I, honestly, Teddy is the only one that I knew was going to get picked tonight. The other four, I had no idea. But they're all really good picks. Nobody had Tankman? Man, no. <laughs> Since we don't know his name, no, nobody had Tankman. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, definitely filled out the wild card slot there pretty well, Eric. Yeah, that was a good one. All right. Uh, Cameron, do you want to go next? Yeah, I'll go next. All right. Um, so mine are, are, with the exception of one, all these are from recent history. Okay. So I went, I've got one, I've got two from the 19th century. I thought he was going to say from like the Eastern century. Conference and one from the Western Conference. And... <laughs> no, we'll get to that in just a minute. Oscar Robertson. Don't worry. Don't worry. We've got a 5th century guy and a 20th century guy. So kind of kind of spread out throughout the eras. But when we were sitting down on our tech strand and, and talking about this, okay, rules and, and how are we going to set up our team, I set mine up like a basketball team. Everybody's got a, a role on this team. Everyone gets to play. I need a play. good point guard. I need a good <laughs> defensive player. You know, and I think these guys fit together really well. Okay. On paper. Well, we'll see. So it all looks well, good on paper, right? All of this blends together with great did leadership. It, did it fit Anybody under the salary in the military? Cap? I fit under the salary good. cap. Yes. Good. Because I've got some dark horses here. These are not all, you know, <laughs> third round picks. They're not all guys. they're not all blue chips. <laughs> yeah, I've I've got my three point specialist. I've got my lockdown <laughs> defender. You know, this this is the eighty six Celtics right here. So just buckle your seatbelts. Eighty six Celtics. All right, let's do I'll it. To look them up. So first guy, anybody associated with the military and and you know, will will tell you the importance of leadership. You know, you and can't I've have got a guy. Maybe, <laughs> maybe you've heard of him, General George S. Patton. Oh my gosh, knew it. So literally, this guy's nickname was Old Blood and Guts. Okay, that speaks volumes right off the bat. Okay, he was an Olympic pentathlete, which I didn't realize, um, but Is definitely it a guy. Pentathlete or pentathlete? Are you being serious? Knows. I've, I've I have never no heard idea. it. <laughs> it's a pentathlete. Okay. Yeah. Don't ask me any of those sports in there, but you know he he was in the. The 1912 Olympics. The Pentathlon? Um, but he's, he's dangerous. He didn't lead from the back. He was the front front runner. All his guys loved him. He um, really rough language, and he probably could have ascended higher. You know, he's a four-star general. Could have probably gone more the route of Eisenhower had he been a little less crass. But mm-hmm. when he got in front of his guys, he led the way, and everybody loved him. Um, perhaps because of his delivery. So, you know, in a rivalry game on a 
playoff Sunday, you know, things are going to get mouthy before the battle. So, before so things go go down, things are going to get mouthy. You're going to need to guy have a guy that can. Rally. So you say Ed Orgeron of U.S. Generals is what you're well saying. Well said. Okay. Well I said. Like it. Exactly. Um. Yeah. Just. A, a, a tough guy, old school badass. Okay, so okay. here it is: fencing, swimming, riding, shooting, and running. So I'm guessing all those are he applicable. Did all of those in World War Two? Yeah, not swimming, maybe not fencing, but who knows? Interesting. Yeah, but all around good athlete, for sure, and a badass on top of that. So, so that's where leadership comes in. That's my all-star point guard. Okay. Um, I hope there isn't a guy in the bar named Irwin because he is Patton is going to lose his mind. <laughs> or uh, Bernard. Yeah. Bernard will probably drive him more crazy than Irwin will. Yeah. So right. my my second guy. This is going to come down to, you know, a boxing match. There's not that many weapons in the bar. You can only pick up so many glasses so many times. I'm going to get a bare-knuckle boxer on my team. Why not get John L. Sullivan, greatest bare-knuckle boxer alive? Let me hit you with a stat right here. In 1883, between 1883 and 1884, he had 195 fights across the country. He rode a train from Boston all the way around the country. 195 fights in 136 different cities in only 238 days. So he had days off. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, they did load yeah. management back then. He was fine. Yeah, Floyd Mayweather fights, you know, <laughs> once once every 18 months. This guy is is throwing down, you know, every day, just about, for... You know, better part of a year. Um, again, just the the fight's going to come down to bare knuckle fight. You know, at the end of the day, that's what I want. I don't want some guy that's going to dance around the ring that's going to wear sixteen ounce gloves. <laughs> I want him to be able to punch you in the mouth. Well, and what's funny about that is I've read some articles about those bare knuckle boxing days, and a round lasted. Until you knock somebody onto their knees. That's how the round ended. There was no time limit. It was like until you knock them down onto their knees or onto their back. And then the round would stop. And then you would do a new round. Like, And that's how the fight went on. <laughs> like, it, it was never... It was just, all right, you knocked them down. Next one. Keep going. And, and doing the research on him, I saw a photo of him early in his career. And then like 10 years later, it was... It was a mess. The guy, he, he'd gone through a lot. And he Google died at search. 57 or 59, something like that. So um, probably took his share of punches, too. Oh, yeah. Yeah, he, he took some damage. <laughs> yeah. Another great mustache, though. Good right? Good work on the mustache. How many, what's yeah. our limit on mustaches in our team? Oh, never. There's never a limit on mustaches. Okay. There is a limit yeah. on goatees. Zero. <laughs> okay. Okay. Um, for, for more of my distant, ancient past, 
um, I chose Attila the Hun. So historical figure, just an absolute marauder of of that time. Is he Came your center? From the, I, I would call him a center. Yeah, yeah. Nobody's um, going to want to get in the post just, with that. Just passing the ball and he slaughters five thousand people. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. It's just and, like Shaquille you know, swinging his elbow. And there goes the city. Exactly. All the best stories about Shaq. I don't care how many points Shaq averaged. I don't care. I want to know how many backboards he broke. I want to know, <laughs> you know, I want to know the anecdotal stories. So Attila the Hun, two great things. He, he started in Central Asia, like I said, and he just went west toward Rome. And he just killed and slaughtered and everything between Central Asia and Rome. And Go when, he got, when he get in, got into um, the country of Italy, there's a story about um, the Pope promising, you know, the, the Pope sent one of his, um, you know, communicators, diplomats, whatever you want to call it, ahead to Attila and said, if you leave Rome in peace, yeah, he sent his uh, Kaylee McEnany over. Um, the Pope has never lied. <laughs> it's been totally upfront with you, Attila. And and he made a deal. He said, if you leave Rome in peace, you will receive a holy crown from the Pope. So he's trying to bribe him. You know, this is the Roman Empire, be it after its its height, but it was still the Roman Empire. And the Pope was was scared enough at that time to try to negotiate with this man. Um, there was a quote about him that that goes like this: He was a man born into the world to shake the nations, the scourge of all the lands, who in some way terrified all mankind by the dreadful rumors noised abroad concerning him. He was haughty in his talk, rolling his eyes his hither and thither so that the power of his proud spirit appeared in the movement of his body. He was indeed a lover of war. So, pretty uh, pretty good one. So, mm-hmm. um, Jake, if you have the Pope on your team, you're out of luck, because Attila beat the Pope. Yeah. Clearly. Yeah, so I need to make some changes real quick. But ironically, <laughs> yeah, before he got to Rome... Yeah. No. Um, before he got to Rome... He died while celebrating, you know, his marriage to his however many wife of an esophageal rupture. So he's a hard partier too. Yeah, that just sounds like bad acid reflux. Right? Work hard, play hard. <laughs> he's the kind of guy. He may, he's going to win the bar fight, and then he's going to go pass out in the bathroom and <laughs> hit his head on the toilet or something. So it's, it's going to be rough. But did he win the fight or not? Though he won the you know, fight. Won the fight. Yeah. On, Undefeated, so died of heartburn. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So my fourth guy. Here's here's my wild card. So this is like my Dennis Rodman type. Um, this is you know, your wild card. Attila the Hun wasn't your wild no, no. card. No, Here, no. Here's my next. Here's my Attila's next. A, I, he came across him a couple times. I'm I'm setting up my new one. So this is a, a 19th century gunfighter gambler, and storyteller, Hmm. okay? He was a lawman, but the legend of his name was bigger than the name itself, okay? Wild Bill Hickok. 
Okay. Okay. Wild West did a lot of things, you know, was a sheriff, was a marshal, um, was a, a gunfighter, and he knows his way around a bar. You know, this, if the setting is a bar fight, this guy's been in a bar or two. Okay. But okay, he was but well known for... You said this bar is in Milwaukee, so it probably doesn't have the saloon doors. So can he even get in? Ooh, Does he know uh-huh. how to open a regular door? Well, or he, is kicks he just it stuck then. outside. Trying yeah, to figure yeah, out the he just knob. kicks. It. Yeah, he just kicks it, <laughs> or he sh- or he shoots the lock until it opens. One of the two. That's right. He's I'm just fine. trying to put right. holes in everyone here, so <laughs> your guy can't use regular doors. Yeah, okay, whatever. Your Ronin is hiding in the shadows. We all get it. Okay, he's waiting for his moment. So after after my five wins the bar fight. I need a guy to tell the tale. I need history to know what happened. And Wild Bill Hickok was a known story embellisher. And you got to be able to tell a good story. It's not so much about the fight. It's about the story from the fight. You okay, the fight if we're going to tell the story. I like Wild Bill. I think he's a great pick. But I think he lacks situational awareness. Because didn't he get killed in a bar playing cards? <laughs> With a dead man's hand. Didn't somebody shoot him while he was holding aces and eights? You know what? He 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 was a gambler. He 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 rolled the dice a little bit. You You know, know sometimes he he's a wild card. You know who got him? He's a wild card. Ehud. Who got him? Just leaned over. Ehud. Got a message for you. (laughs) (laughs) We gotta keep Wild Bill alive so he can tell the story. No, I get it. I'm just saying. You just might want to make sure John L. Sullivan is like on his back just watching his six, just to make yeah, sure nothing. Exactly. Yeah. He's gonna be he's gonna be sniping from the back anyway. Yeah. Okay. I, last but I love not it. least. Last but not least, um, I just Googled this guy. Never had heard of him. Um, but I, I haven't seen the movie. Um Hugh Glass is the guy's uh, name. I had him on my the list. Ring Bell. The Revenant. You, yes, yes. So I, I don't know anything about the movie. Just Googled him. And I pulled up an image of this guy. And I'm going to try to try to do this image justice. He's one of those guys that, whether it's a black and white photo or a color photo, he would look the same. He just has that look in his eye, that crazy look in his eye. Um, he was a mountain man, um, very comfortable in the outdoors, trapper, hunter, outdoorsman, and there's a great story. Um, the great Ron Swanson from Parks and Rec once said, it's never a bad idea to demonstrate to your buddies that you're capable of withstanding a tremendous amount of pain. Okay? So Hugh Glass is off in the woods with six other guys on an expedition. Okay? All of a sudden, a grizzly bear attacks him. Okay? Grizzly bear absolutely mauls him, breaks his leg, tears up his neck, exposes his ribs, all of these things. He manages to kill the bear in self-defense. Okay? Okay, but was so, it deemed self-defense by a court of law? We need to be clear about that. That's, this is Canadian court. There is no rules. Okay. I think it was in <laughs> South Dakota. Even better. 
But you're right. Fewer rules. I, I don't know what PETA yeah. would have had to say about that. You yeah. never know. Thank goodness it was the 18th century. So, manages to kill the bear himself. His buddies say, he's not going to survive this. We're too far away from, you know, help. We can't just leave him out here. So, two guys get selected to stay with him, right? So, as they're staying with him, they don't try to save him because they know that he's going to die. They're digging his grave for him as he's alive, bleeding out. Finally, they get tired of him. They, they get tired of waiting for him to die. And the two remaining buddies say, we're leaving. We're just going to say that we were ambushed by Indians and that the Hugh Glass died. So they go back. Okay, hmm. Hugh Glass skins the bear, use it for, uses it for warmth, regains consciousness, sets the bone in his leg, and had maggots eat the gangrene on his leg. He walked 200 miles to help over six weeks, just foraged for food, stayed alive, and lived to tell the tale. I want that guy on my team. That would be a good pick. Even if he's losing the fight, he's almost impossible to stop. Exactly. You're not going to beat him. Yeah, that's a good you one. You might get him down on the ground, but you're not going to beat him. Okay. So, there's my five. I like it. That's a good five. So, clearly, Wild Bill is your Steph Curry, right? That's your sharpshooter. Yeah, okay. Who's your Rodman? Attila the Hun? Or is that Sullivan? Well, no, Shaq is Attila the Hun. Okay. Um, Patton is my Magic Johnson. <laughs> okay. Um, John L. Sullivan, you know, he just... Is that your dream He's what? Like a Draymond? No, he's like, he's comfortable in every situation. He just, Kobe. he's unflappable. Kobe. Like who? Kobe. Kobe, yeah. That's Donald a good Sullivan's one. Kobe. Um, Hugh Glass is like, who can I? Birdman? <laughs> just can't keep the Birdman down. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know, like a, like a Moses Malone, something like that. Okay. Old, tough guy. Okay. Never like like win. Just who is um going. who in the last dance? Who was the guy that they? It was against. He was playing against Jordan, and oh, Charles Oakley. Charles Oakley. Yeah. He's a that, tough dude. Every team needs a guy like that that just can take the punishment. Yeah. Ron Swanson said it best. Yeah. Okay. I like it. Those are two good fives, really. Um, all right. So I guess I'll, I'll hit you guys with mine. Um, and so I based mine off of my actual five. So the five guys that I had in my wedding and what their traits were. And then I tried to find a historical comparison to that. Um, so my five guys are Josh, Tyler, Eric, Cameron, and John. So we're going to start with Josh. Okay. And, uh, those of you that know Josh, he is a. Uh, I I, I kind of have him as my wild card slash berserker, um, because he is. Uh, <laughs> one time, we had a, a little house party, and he 
we had a, a couple of guys there that were getting kind of rowdy and they weren't, they were invited by somebody other than the people that we invited. And there's this one guy and he was a bouncer at like the local bar and he's like 6'5", 260, big dude, big strong dude. And um, as we were trying to get them out of the house, they uh, they shoved one of our roommates through the screen door and shattered the door. And so once that happened, Josh leapt through the door and just went and clocked the guy and then dropped him and then just went crazy outside. And so, um, yeah, he it was unbelievable. It's one of the greatest things you've ever seen. Um, and uh, so I, I wanted to find a historical comparison to that kind of guy. <laughs> and um, and there's another thing about Josh that you need to know is that, uh, and it's gonna. This is why it's gonna matter for this guy. But the guy I picked was Marcus Cassius Scava, and he was a centurion for Julius Caesar. He was a career soldier. Um, And when he wasn't fighting in the war, he would frequently train with gladiators. Um, He fought in the Gallic Wars for Caesar. And then he also fought um, in the war between Caesar and Gnaeus Pompey. And specifically at the Battle of, and I'm going to butcher this this name, Dyrrhachium. And during that battle, um, on behalf of Caesar or for Caesar, he was shot in the eye with an arrow. And why this matters for Josh is because Josh, um, during work, uh, gosh, it's 10 years ago or so now, um, got shot in the eye with a screw and um, has this severe eye injury. So the second I saw this, I'm like, this is Josh. This guy is the ancient Josh. And it said, in one of the articles I read, said, despite having a pretty bad case of shot-in-the-eye syndrome, Marcus yelled a battle cry, removed the arrow, and kept fighting and killing even more intensely. During the same battle, he was struck by two more arrows, um, and sources differ on where, and then while hundreds of arrows bristled from his shield, Marcus managed even under these circumstances to hold the line and keep fighting. Afterwards, he was promoted by Caesar, given triple pay and uh, commendation. So that's definitely, um, that's definitely the kind of guy I want when things get a little hairy uh, on my side, because um, clearly, like you said with um, Hugh Glass, you know, taking the damage from the bear, but he kept going. This guy is the same way. You know, he was wounded and kept fighting. Um, I know if I was shot with the arrow in the eye with an arrow, I would not do a battle cry and keep going at it. Um, so that was my first one. You you search hard. Far and wide for that arrow in the eye. I, it, well, here's story. the thing: I'm, I, I was just looking for like. I, I think I just wrote like, like, really badass warriors or something like that, and that one popped up, and uh, and then the second I saw the shot in the eye, I'm like, that's Josh, that's my guy. <laughs> so, uh, another one is uh, my second one was Tyler, my buddy Tyler. And uh, Tyler's kind of tall, wiry, really strong. He's kind of got that, uh, he's not old, I mean, he's my age, but he's got that old man strength already sort of thing. Tough as nails and uh, was a very good wrestler in high school. So for this one, I picked Honest Abe. Hmm. And a little known fact about Abraham Lincoln, um, obviously, physically, he's one of our taller presidents. He's about 6'4", but he was a renowned wrestler and he's actually been inducted into the national wrestling hall of fame 
I don't know if that's like the WWE Wrestling Hall of Fame or if there's some other organization. <laughs> but um, Did you, have you ever seen Honest Abe's outfit? It's great. <laughs> yeah, yeah, he was a showman. The face paint and everything. Yeah, coming off the top rope, and uh, one he was only he only had one loss in twelve years. Um, and uh, in one particular scrap, he defeated a man with a single toss. And then he turned to the angry mob that had gathered to watch the fight and challenged the lot. And this is where he gets kind of a uh, Russell Crowe and Gladiator goes, any of you want to try it? Come on and wet your horns. Like, <laughs> okay. He was wearing and, the hat, right? Oh, he was wearing obviously. The hat? Always wearing the hat. Oh. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> not, super, not surprising, but uh, nobody tried him after that. So... Um, he also used his wrestling skills to defend others. His uh, stepbrother's river barge was hijacked by groups of thugs. Um, and when he was 19, year old, 19 years old, he saved the day by single-handedly throwing them all overboard. So, yeah. A, I, I saw Abe and... And, and, uh, and, and it's funny because with presidents, like, there's a lot of good presidents that you can pick from 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 fighters you know there's jackson and washington and obviously and you already said what teddy knows about cameron so yeah honest abe he's not just uh one of the most popular presidents ever but he's apparently one of the greatest wrestlers of all time see you know this is a great thing about this podcast i've learned something myself every time i didn't know that honest abe was a fighter i and i knew he was like i think i was looking for him like I wrote like Abraham Lincoln fights and I'm like, cause I think in his younger years, he also like owned a bar and was a bouncer um, huh. when he was much younger. But then this whole thing came up about him being a wrestler. I'm like, well, this is awesome. Um, so yeah, there you go. Good old Abe. All right. I think I'm going to save this one for last. This one is Eric. You're I'm going to put you back to the back of the line and uh, Chamberlain can't wait to hear it. Oh, the afterthought. Yeah, can't wait. Yeah. <laughs> so I'm going to go to Cameron. I'm going to go to Cameron next. <clears throat> and uh, Cameron, when I was looking for adjectives to describe you, I had boxer, great dancer, peacemaker. Uh, but I don't know if the guy I picked for you actually matches any of those three descriptors. So I went with Gerald Ford. And uh, just work with me here. Uh, Gerald Ford played some college football. Obviously, Cameron, you played some college basketball. Although one could say Gerald Ford played at a bit higher level, um, winning champion. <laughs> yeah, he played at Michigan, didn't he? <laughs> yeah. yeah, he won a couple national championships for Michigan. Little, almost, but almost the same thing. Similar level. Um, he became an assistant coach in 1935 at Yale, and that's where he got his law degree. It was at Yale. Cameron, you coached B-team basketball at a Lutheran middle school. So, again, I felt like those were comparable. Very similar. Very similar. <laughs> yeah. Totally the same. <laughs> Especially working under uh, the athletic director, Eric Hoffman, at that time. Um, he also coached boxing at Yale, which is a sport he had no familiarity with. But I do know, Cameron, that you did do some some boxing back in, in your younger years. He's got like um, seven foot reach. You got to use it. Yeah. Right? Uh, served in the Navy in World War II. Obviously, unless there's something you haven't told us about yourself, I don't think you've served. Um, I'm a good swimmer, so yeah. kind of Navy-ish. Yeah. 
Uh, he's very handsome and athletic. I know you think you're both of those things, Cameron. So <laughs> I thought I'd give you the nod on that. Um, and then, and here's the thing. And I know he kind of takes some heat. You know, Gerald Ford takes some heat for his presidency, but he's a very accomplished person. Came from very humble roots, um, and everything he had, he worked for. Aside from him being a fantastic athlete, um, you know, he just kind of had that humble upbringing rising up to the presidency. And I know he gets a lot of flack for his presidency, um, not actually being elected and, and assuming over after Nixon resigned and stuff like that. But I, I do think um, he's the kind of like, he's just a good dude. And when you think like in a bar fight, you just want to have one of those good dudes to have your back because, you know... You want to have somebody balance out your berserker or your Attila the Hun. And, well, somebody's and, got to talk to the cops afterward and explain exactly. what happened. <laughs> yeah, totally. Attila yeah. can't talk to the cops. He's in no, <laughs> no. condition. <laughs> no. So I, I, I like that having, you know, he, he, he was a good athlete. He was very tall. He's very strong. Um, and he was kind of the guy that you would want to be friends with. Um, and that's why I kind of had him be your correlation um, for Ford. I'll take it. So next up is my buddy John. And this one was probably the hardest one I had to pick. Um, John's an all-around good athlete. Um, he was also a very good wrestler, but he's also an instigator. Um, and I think that's something that would get us into a lot of bar fights. Um, so, but I went with Churchill, um, Winston Churchill, uh, Churchill, especially when he's much younger. Um, he fought on the side of the Spanish in the Cuban war of independence in the 1890s, um, gotten some skirmishes in the second Boer war. He actually became a POW escaped from prison, um, stowed away on freight trains to make his escape to Portuguese West Africa. Um, and he's just very resourceful and he's always like always eager to kind of go in the fray. And that's definitely my buddy, John, um, kind of short. He's only like five, six, but he's also very athletic and, and obviously he's most famous for his, his time as prime minister in world war two. But there's a lot that goes for his kind of firebrand political style was based on his, um, early trials in his younger life. So, I went with him, and then he also, Churchill man was just, he was so good at getting under people's skins, and this is definitely John. Um, he got into a debate with um, Nancy Astor, who is a, uh, an actress who frequently got into arguments with Churchill, and she said, Nancy Astor said to Churchill, she goes, if I were your wife, I would poison your coffee, to which Churchill promptly replied, and if I were your husband, I would drink it. So... <laughs> I just he just always had that way of like always getting in the last word and always like just getting under your skin. And that's definitely um John has a great way of doing that. And so even if John couldn't win the fight physically, he would definitely be in that guy's head. Yes, he was he'd be in the kitchen, rent free. All right. Last of my five, and this one is Eric. And this one Eric, you're not much of a hand-to-hand kind of guy, um, but I do no, think you no, well, would serve okay. a vital. For my experience in zero fights, bar fights. Yeah, 
Um, you might be wrong, but probably not. Okay. So here's where you would fit in with my group is I think you would be the guy that would start the bar fight. Um, you would say something and get, okay, that's true. And some guy would get all twisted up and frustrated at your words and your fancies talking and then lose it. And then to which the rest of us would have to jump in and fancy talking. <laughs> so you with your words. I, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Those college words. Yeah. So, um, so who I picked for you was Martin Luther. <laughs> Ooh, nice. Because you would, and here's this why here's why it matters. Because what did Martin Luther do? He posted ninety five theses in 1517 at All Saints Church in Wittenberg. That started a little thing that we know as the Reformation, which also mm. led to another little thing we know as the Thirty Years' War, in which millions died. I'm sorry. And Luther was able to go hide. At Wartburg Castle, protected by his friend, <laughs> friend Frederick the Wise, which would be me, because that's what would happen. And Luther had some quotes, and here's why it really kind of ties to you. He goes, his most famous quote is, I cannot and will not recant anything. For you to go against conscience is neither right nor safe. Here I stand, I can do no other, so help me God. Amen. Um Another quote he said is, peace if possible, truth at all costs. But that I cannot and will not recant, that would be us as, as you know, Jimmy Crackhorn is getting all frustrated with you and your fancy words. And be like, Eric, just apologize. Like, I can't. It's just that the truth. I'm just, on. I'm sorry. Facts don't care about your feelings, sir. That is spot on. <laughs> to, which, oh, oh. to which it would be on. So I think... And I would be that's, backing out and be like, gentlemen. Oh, well, be, and then and then the second that guy gets aggressive and starts pushing and she'll be like, whoa, hey, hey, I'm just talking truth here. Why why we got to throw fists? Why we got to drop elbows? So um, I feel pretty confident that, that you would be the Martin Luther of our group, and I'm totally fine with it. So that was, that was a beautiful description. That was spot on. <laughs> what do you got to say eric all right i mean yeah i've done my share on twitter so yeah 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 i think that that pretty much hits it on the head good and i'm fine with it i think it's perfect so because somebody's got to be there to start the fight and that would definitely be you and you'd be strong in your convictions from the back well the rest of us left to the front. Just yelling over the, the din of it all. Yeah. Like, Still not wrong. And another thing. And another thing. <laughs> <laughs> so. Oh, yeah. man. That, that was my favorite five right there. Very well defended. Very well thought out, too. <laughs> yeah. So. Anyway. Yeah. I think all three of those. All three of those fives were really, really good, though. Every one of them. I, I loved where you went with it, Eric. Picking them from different eras. I think I'm um, most happy that we had no overlap. I know. I was shocked. Well, I thought for and, sure okay, somebody with, would, with the American money, would spill over. It's more limited, right? Like, it's limited to Americans. Mm -hmm. We put some bigger constraints on it. This being wide open helped. Mm -hmm. So, I yeah. 
Jake, I was 1,000% sure that one of the people you're going to choose was Ray Nitschke. Every time you have a conversation <laughs> about a tough guy, it's yeah. Ray Nitschke and Chuck Benaric. And I've heard the stories. Concrete you know, Charlie. You go into old man mode when you tell stories about those two. Yeah. I know that Chuck Benaric would always, you know, go pour concrete at his Concrete day Charlie, that's what he did. Game. Yeah. <laughs> oh, man. I, I, I was so ready for you to choose those two guys. Well, and you know what? And I, I tried to stay. I should. I, I did think about niche game. Like, no, I, I need to stay away from from professional athletes and see if I can branch out a little bit more. Um, I almost picked George Washington for one of mine um, before I kind of rethought how I wanted to format it because <laughs> I could imagine George Washington himself was six foot two, very powerfully built, very strong, um, fearless in battle. Um, frequently had this it's called like a cherry bounce it's a it's like a brandy that's soaked in cherries and he would always have it with him in a canteen um when he went out into the wilderness or when he went into the into battle and stuff and apparently it's delicious and he actually he made it in mount vernon um he had a a whole distillery there and i could just imagine if a bars fight started because of washington if he was in your five, he'd be like, hold my dentures, takes out his false teeth and just starts swinging because he's got that old man strength, um, you know, from 40 years of fighting wars and, and stuff like that. So I, it, I almost, I was real close to picking, picking I, Washington. I just finished. It's, it's uh, funny you say that. I, um, I came really close to choosing Washington also. Mm-hmm. Um, since we watched Hamilton and we talked about it on the podcast, I've gotten, <clears throat> excuse me, I've gotten really into Hamilton and the songs, and I play them all day, and I good, carry right? my headphones when I'm working out. They're so good. Mm-hmm. And I thought, you know, every team needs that smooth talker like Washington, who everybody reveres, who's a great leader. I, I almost used him as my leader as opposed to George Patton. So, um, yeah, it's funny you say that, because, yeah, he was... A great man mm-hmm. in a you lot know, of ways. I just finished the uh, Washington biography uh, by the same guy that wrote the, the Alexander Hamilton biography. And it's very fascinating because Washington came from a family who kind of expected to die young because he was constantly, he constantly got sick. And he would be sick for like a month at a time. And I think twice during his presidency, they thought he was going to die. Like they were like, we have a constitutional crisis here because he, this guy might die any minute. And he died. He was only 67 when he died. Uh, might have been kind of old for that time, but still, uh, he got sick, went out for a walk, got a cold, got pneumonia, and then just kind of went, you know. Um, but yeah, early in life, he was he was a tough man. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and people forget he was very late in life leading the Continental Army. I mean, he was in his fifties at that time, even at his he died at sixty-seven and nineteen, or in seventeen ninety. He was in. So, his, I mean, he was he was in his sixties at that time. Well, no, not in the sixties. He was in his fifties though. Sixty-seven when he did. Died he die? In he died in seventeen ninety, right? Seventeen ninety-nine. He was president until oh, seventeen ninety-seven. Okay. Um, okay. So, or seventeen. Yeah, seventeen ninety-seven. So he served seventeen ninety. Yeah, but he he was in his like late forties during the war, early fifties. 
Um, but he had done a lot of his fighting even before that during the French and Indian War. And as a, as a uh, kind of a, a plantation owner master, like he was, and when I say brutal, I mean, he was brutal to the people who were in charge. He wasn't at least himself brutal to his slaves. Um, but man, like if, if you weren't cutting it, he was, he did not parse words with anybody. Um, but he was also constantly in debt. Like he had to borrow money to go to his inauguration. So yeah, he was always in debt and his land. Yeah. It, you know, it goes to that slavery did not enrich anybody really. Um, really like people are constantly dead. It was a terrible economic system. There's one that people couldn't let go of. So, yeah. And it, it was funny with Washington. I mean, there's a couple presidents, like I said, but Washington was one. Jackson was another old Hickory. Mm-hmm. Um, Teddy Roosevelt obviously is, is up there, but yeah, there's a few, there's a few, uh, honorable mentions that I had that it was really hard for me to, to not put them in. Um, and I'm sure that you guys have the same kind of issue. I almost, and I, here's one that I was surprised. It was nobody picked Leonidas. You know, I had... That was one of my honorable mentions, too. Was so he? When I was looking at the classical era, one of the things I kept going to, trying to look at, like, great Greek warriors. And it kept come, it kept feeding me lists of, like, the heroes, like the demigods. And I'm like, I don't want Achilles. I don't want Hercules. I don't want them. I want... I want to know who the great Greek warrior was. And I think the one that came to the top of the list always was Leonidas. But I think, <clears throat> well, basically any Spartan would be fantastic to have in a bar fight because they don't know how to control themselves outside of their their um, their groups, right? Um, the famous stories are that when the Spartans traveled away from Sparta, they had no self-control because they had never seen so much freedom and 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 all the all the things that come with not being in a constant disciplined environment um but i kind of wanted to I, I tried to find other greek warriors but it just came up with a lot of the same some ones themistocles and pericles and and some of the great leaders but people i couldn't really think about in a fight other than leonidas and i just kind of too easy for me so yeah i agree so i i anyway. think the cool thing about when when obviously all of this is anecdotal and we're, we're just talking about what if and we're talking about different eras and that kind of thing. But that's the fun thing is, you know, you don't want to hear the stories that we've already known and heard and, and those kind of things. You want to hear the legends of, oh, let me tell you a, a story of how tough this guy was because you can't, you know, it's not a typical, he weighed this much, he was yeah. this tall or whatever. It's, it's cool to be able to tell the stories, the legends. And, you know, with athletes, with great warriors, that's what we remember is the stories more than the, the numbers or anything else. Yep. All right, so I have one question for you guys. Out of, and you can, I guess, pick your own, but out of the three fives, whose do you think would win between all three? So who had the best five? And I'll go. Honestly, I, I love mine. I really do. But I think I would give the edge to Cameron's. 
I think you've just got some rough and tumble dudes that I would not want anyone to mess with. Yeah, I think I like my lineup. I, I think Cameron like gets it. Um, Musashi's going to be kind of pointless in a bar fight unless he can get a good pair of like chef's blades. And, uh, <laughs> you know, Flamer will be good in the fight. But again, he's he's trained with weapons. Ehud, I'm giving it to him. He gets to bring in the uh, the sword on his thigh. But he's going to get one shot, and then it's over. Uh, Tank Man. He's just I mean, standing there. <laughs> he's just standing there. He stands in front of Attila the Hun. Attila the Hun's going to wreck him. Like, yeah. It's not. Yeah, Attila's going to have no qualms about just punching the unarmed guy. Yeah. Uh, and and Teddy Roosevelt will will come to the fight, you know, with his his fists. But I, I think Cameron's kind of got the edge in, in the bar fight. Um, yeah, man, this would be fun to watch. It would be. <laughs> Can we? Uh, and I, this is me asking you to do more work, Eric. But could oh, you I'd get any of these photos or images to pop up when we're presenting them? I, I can try. I can try. We got, yeah, I'll okay. have to push this back a few days. Um, That's fine. Yeah, I so. would like to. Um, I, I, I do want to put these photos in there. So, um, yeah, if you've, if you got some, throw them in there for me and I'll, uh, we'll do. I, I mean, I can look them up too, but. All right. All right. Well, I think that wraps up this, uh, very special episode of dad body history. Very special. Uh, who's in, who's in your five. So, uh, thanks for joining us. I'm Jake. I'm Eric. I'm Cameron. We'll see you on the next time. Like and subscribe. Thanks, everybody. Yep. Thanks, guys.